What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Future Cast, Season 2, Episode 1. We're here. I'm your host, Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. And my co-host is Andy Milnick. You can find him on Twitter at FFDataKing. We are back. Season 2 of the Future Cast revamped. Tonight, we're going to be talking to you about the intro of this 2022 draft class. We're going to be talking to you mainly about this Monday national championship rematch between Georgia and Alabama. It's kind of going under the radar right now with people talking about it. Like you don't see a big, it's a lot of Antonio Brown and all that stuff on Twitter right now, the week 18, the NFL season, but Monday night we got, we got a game, Georgia, who's Alabama's beaten Georgia. Georgia looked at all season long. They were going to be, you know, the team to beat. Nobody was going to touch them. They're blowing everybody out of the water. They're the team that's going to come in. And Stetson Bennett was the guy that kind of slowed that up against Alabama. He threw two picks. We'll jump into that a little bit later, but we're going to talk some prospects right now. Andy, first off, this is your introduction, your debut on Roto Underworld Player Profiler Radio Network. Tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the prospects you like in this class. Thanks for having me again. Uh, this is awesome. Hosting a first show, uh, first podcast, first live stream. Let's get after it. Uh, some of the preseason All-Americans that we had looked at originally, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this earlier. Uh, some of them made some sense. Sam Howell looked like he was going to have a promising season this year. Spencer Rattler was questionable, but to me, I think the biggest red flag here was De'Ara King. I mean, woof. What were we thinking, Cody? I, I don't know. Derek King, um, you can you can maybe see on the screen, I got my Miami Hurricane shirt on. That's the team I rep. That's the team I watch. <laughs> and when King transferred from Houston to Miami, I was like, let's go, wheels up. This defense is built. This defense can play. Uh, what's going to happen and what happened was nothing. Derek King got hurt, fell flat on his face, didn't do very good, and got replaced later in the season, and quite frankly got outplayed. And now he's down there. I think he's working with Quincy Avery. We'll see what comes of it. Yeah. Is he anything we can look at in this NFL draft? I don't think so, sadly. He's been in college for six years. Um, but Derek King kind of really fell off. Like you said before, Rattler and Howell, those were the preseason All-Americans. And Howell... Mm-hmm. Lost a lot of his prospects. He lost Deami Brown, Das Newsom, Michael Carter, Javante Williams. We know about that. So Sam naturally took a regression. And the other guy in here, Spencer Rattler. Where's Spencer Rattler headed now? Like South Carolina. Yeah, we're not sure. Yeah, right, South Carolina. And is he going to succeed there, right? I mean, or is someone else going to come out of nowhere and replace yeah. him? Just like Caleb Williams came out of this season and replaced him, right? It's, it's I mean, tough. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting spot to be in for him because, for me, I was kind of a fan of him because a lot of people will say, well, he had this negative energy, this moxie, you know, it's me. But I like that. And the people who have listened to me talk about prospects before is like this dog mentality. You find it, you have it. And he's a guy that, from his coaches and his players, they've talked about him being a leader on the field. And they've said, you know, this is a guy that we want leading the football team. And, like, even when he was pulled – 
the media pushed out that Spencer Rattler wasn't a good guy, wasn't a good quarterback, but then you talk about Lincoln Riley and some players are like, he's on the sidelines cheering on Caleb, he's at practice helping Caleb, doing the best he can. Is Spencer, is this a guy that we can look for next year? Frankly, I've never been that big of a Spencer Rattler guy, but I do agree with you that the media has overblown him being the guy that, you know, He's not a good teammate or because like you said, you saw him during game days and stuff cheering on touchdowns for his skill position players when he's not on the field, you know, uh, dapping up Caleb Williams when Caleb was doing well. And to me, I don't know, his inconsistency in play makes me a little nervous to to want to draft him or take him in rookie drafts in the later years, in the next couple of years. Uh, but I think an interesting fit with him as an up-and-comer uh, with Shane Beamer over in South Carolina could be interesting. Um, but we just saw Shane Beamer use a, a backup quarterback in their last bowl game, the Mayo Bowl game, come out and just smack North Carolina around like they had no clue what was going on. And that was arguably yeah. one of Sam Howell's worst games ever. I mean, he, he looked awful in that game because – people around him just couldn't elevate themselves to to get the job done do you see do you see spencer rattler succeeding in south carolina i that's the thing is like i want him to but it's south carolina it doesn't grab your attention like you know maybe if you would have went to a, a usc back with lincoln riley or an old miss where you know the offense can be pushed in a direction that can help him i think i'm scared that he falls into like more of the realm like he's going to be a a kind of like a Baker Mayfield Kirk Cousins where he he gets pushed in that wheelhouse where it's like all right we don't need you to go win the game we need you to control the game and with that that's definitely not a guy I'm trying to like chase after from a fantasy perspective especially Um, as an NFL guy I think you'd like to see him gain some more weight and learn a lot more mature a little more but Mm -hmm. it's a very tough one he's definitely not going to be a preseason All-American again um, the thing now is like he's she's starting at ground zero. Can he rebuild this in one season? Can he be that next transfer guy that elevates himself back up like we've seen from these quarterbacks in the past few years with Baker and and uh, and Burrow and stuff like that? Right. But um, do you have any other takes on these quarterbacks? Like we got Desmond Ritter up here on the board too. He was kind of like yeah. I always joke about this when we see him. We have the player pages up already on Player Profiler for a number of these guys. He looks like. He's like forty. He looks right. like the oldest guy on this, uh, in in this class. Yeah, you can't tell if he's forty or if he's. He looks like he should right? be in the yeah. league already. He's. Yeah, right. He's been in the league for a few years. He's got a couple of kids, right? He looks like that. Uh, yeah, Desmond Ritter to me seems like your your prototypical small school or not small school, but non power five quarterback that. You know they ha- they caught lightning in a bottle with a solid defense and did just enough to not, you know, screw up and get them a couple of losses throughout the season, right? I mean he he game managed his way and then he came up against Alabama and no, I don't think you can really say anything against Desmond Ritter in that game because when you're up against Alabama and you're a non-power five, it's tough. What are you gonna do? Sideline to sideline, they're gonna run past run circles around the prospects that you got on your side. Um, yeah, just a tough showing from Desmond Ritter, I think, but I'll say this. I don't think Cincinnati's loss closed the door for a group of five schools. Cause I think they showed up arguably, uh, better than Michigan showing up against Georgia. 
Who was your favorite player from that Georgia-Michigan I mean, that Georgia-Michigan game? game probably had to go to the left tackle that we'll talk about in a little bit, or the right tackle, sorry, Warren McClendon. You'll talk about him a little bit later. But he shut down Aiden Hutchinson, and that's going to go to a question that we'll talk about in a little bit is, do we believe in Aiden Hutchinson? Um, but let's, like, pivot from the guys we just talked about negatively, like a Derrick King, a Spencer Rattler, a Desmond Ritter. Right. I know you like Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky, and he's going to be down there at the Senior oh, Bowl. Yeah. I'm going to see him in a few oh, weeks. Yeah. I'm excited about that. We have him, uh, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and Carson Strong, all guys that elevated to join Howell and Ritter atop of this class as like the big six, I guess you could say, with with Matt Corral. So there's really seven if you count Zappi and Corral. Um, why do you like Zapp? How high do you have Zappi right now pre-combine, pre-draft? Do you like him over any of these other seven guys? To me, I think I think I like Zap a little bit more than Malik Willis, which is going to sound like heresy, right? Because Malik Willis can can do both things, right? He's a dual threat guy. He can rush really well, and he was throwing dimes this year. But I, for me, Bailey Zappi, when you're put into a situation where you're supposed to throw a lot, right, where you're supposed to score a lot of touchdowns, and you do exactly that at Western Kentucky, where you don't have a lot of top-tier, high-end talent around you, I can't help but be impressed. Um, you know, I, he'd probably be a day-two pick, um, you know, or if he gets a ton of hype, the senior bowl and sh- balls out, maybe maybe third round. Um, but I can't see him getting any higher than that. I I certainly can't see him going ahead of, uh, like, Kenny Pickett or Carson Strong. No, no. Can you? I think the, the clear right now, like, if you go to the player profiler big board, which – I update regularly every other week. Pickett was the biggest mover. Pickett moved up 12 and a half spots. He's up to pick 8.7 on average. That's an accumulation of mock drafts from the Athletic, Pro Football Network, NBC Sports, Player Profiler from yours truly, uh, Sports Illustrated, Draft Network. Like all these places, the accumulation has Kenny Pickett 8.7, Matt Carell 9.1, and then you have a heavy drop down to a Sam Howell at 21, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and then Carson Strong. And Zappi, seemingly for the NFL right now, fits in after those guys. That's why I asked you your thought because this is a sure. – we're foreshadowing now. It's January. It's early January, and we're assuming these guys are going to grow. Again, Zappi's going to be the only guy at the Senior Bowl that's not heavily talked about. The, there's six guys there, and there's really known as a big six in this class. Zappi fills in for Corral. Corral's coming off of an injury. Can Zappi fill in for that role? hope I'm saying it right. I hope it's Zappy, not Zap. It might be either way. <laughs> but you get the point. The point is, can he <laughs> fill in Can he fill in and jump into this big six and make it a big seven? Can he gain ground on these guys? Like, come on, 6,000 passing yards. This is That's the other scary part is, like I've talked about with you, is he's in that Mike White offense. He's in that air raid. He's built for this. He is built for that, yeah. And I think if you go to, I think if he goes to a team where they're largely centered around a, a passing attack, right? I think that's where the hype for him kind of grows a lot more for me, right? I think he's a, a guy that developmentally, sure, you you need to work with him on making sure that he can make the right reads, right? Because when you throw a lot of touchdowns, he also comes with a lot of interceptions, yep. right? And at the NFL level, the speed is just gonna what's gonna kill him, right? Because he's never seen that before. Western Kentucky. No offense to Western Kentucky and the athletic program there, but the speed is not is gonna be unmatched in the NFL. So 
That's why I'm saying third, fourth round. But again, what has what has Carson Strong showed us that Bailey Zappi hasn't? I mean, just the size. That's the only thing is like when you talk about you compare a guy from like a like a Zappi to a Strong, is everyone's going to point to well Carson Strong's six four, two twenty. He's got a big arm. Well, yeah, he's got a big arm, but Zapp threw for six thousand and sixty touchdowns. Carson Strong has Cole Turner and Romeo Dubes. Like he has a couple guys. Mm-hmm. He finished what thirty six touchdowns, eight picks. He didn't turn the ball over a ton. He had four thousand yards at Nevada. Yeah, right. It's Nevada. Like, is there that big of a difference between these two guys other than the perceived size and athleticism? Carson Strong has never had a season with positive rushing yards. Like, are you are you looking for that athleticism? Or are you looking for that size? The one thing that stands out to me about Carson Strong, it, you get the kind of vibes from him. Although Josh Allen kind of ran more in college, Carson Strong feels like that under under the radar. Although he's you know he's pretty highly rated right now, kind of that under the radar Mountain West guy that was overlooked when it came to recruiting. Right, he, he seems like that guy yep. out there. It's just like you said, negative rushing yards. I knew Allen ran when he was in when he was in college. Can he be that guy similar to him? Maybe, but I think you'd have better chances taking someone like Malik Willis, right? Or uh, or even Kenny Pickett, right? Is Kenny Pickett number two for Kenny you? Kenny Pickett's number one for me. I would take Kenny Pickett. Um, he would be, wow. okay. like, right now, I talked about this with Matt last week. It's like I view these a little bit differently because you're looking as a prospect and you're looking as a fantasy. Like, in fantasy, you're going to want Howell yeah. and you're going to want Pickett year one because they're going to get the opportunities. Maybe even Corral are going to get the opportunities in Carolina. They're going to get the opportunities possibly in Pittsburgh. Wherever they may be, they're going to be better situations for fantasy, whereas if I'm the general manager of a team, I want Pickett because he's probably the most pro-ready guy out of all these guys, the most pro-sized, pro-ready, can do everything, can run, can throw everything, right? And then I would go to a strong and a Malik Willis because, and I had Malik Willis number one for the longest time, but I think – there's a lot that needs to happen with Malik Willis. Malik Willis needs a year plus. Carson Strong probably needs the better part of a year. And so, like, if I was a general manager of a team, that would be where I would go as a strong Malik Willis type. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as, like, who I prefer in this entire class, it's Pickett pretty much as my number one. Are you Are you, Are you? you other ways? <sighs> No, I no, I, I gotta agree with you. I think I I think I like Pickett number one, uh, Corral two. Part of the reason why I'm so low on Malik Willis is just what made him transfer to Liberty. Yeah, right. It was Bo Nix, and Bo Nix is has been arguably inconsistent the last few years, right? And and now he's transferring again to, or he's transferring for the first time to Oregon, right? I, I just didn't. I didn't see enough from Malik Willis. I, I didn't see enough from him when he was at Auburn to be like, well, he's the guy. And clearly he got beat up by Bo Nix, who is not that good. So I guess for me, that brings up a little worry for me, thinking that he can make it at, at, at the NFL level and succeed. Like you said, a lot's got to go right for him. Um, you know, surrounded by a good, a good crew of talent, right? A good running back good wide receiver core. Um, I don't think he's one of those guys that like, he can come in and work with whoever he's got. Yeah. You know? I think 100% he has to go to an offense that 
A has time to to groom him. Like I guess if the situation was there where he could sit behind a cam or uh, I'm just trying to think of like a good running quarterback that fits his prototype that he could sit behind like 944 rushing yards last year, 878 this year, 14, 13 touchdowns. Like he needs to go somewhere because that's what he's built for. He's built to run. He's not built to pass. 27 touchdowns, 12 picks. He's not He's not the best at it. But again, Lamar Jackson was not the best at it, but Lamar Jackson was way more prolific. And a year ago when he was breaking out at Liberty, I comped him closer to like a Tyrod Taylor because Tyrod Taylor is it's probably a bad comp on Tyrod because Tyrod's a good passer in comparison. But from a overall talent perspective, I said Tyrod Taylor because that just felt right. He needs to go somewhere where he can sit, like maybe it's even behind a Tyrod Taylor if it were to be a Feels Houston, way, where yeah. he goes to Houston. And the negative part, though, is Davis Mills is there. But that's kind of like my process and my thoughts on Malik Willis. I just know like that rushing upside is is so incredible. But talking about rushing, let's jump back to the preseason All-Americans at running back, and then we'll kind of cross our paths with the running backs. We've spent a lot of time talking about quarterback. We're going to go through running back, receiver, tight end, and then we'll get you guys some national championship talk. But Andy, talk to me. Brees Hall, Kyron Williams, Isaiah Spiller, Mo Ibrahim, and Jerrion Ely were the five first-team and second-team All-Americans coming into the season. Are these the top five still today, or do we have some new guys, or some of these guys fall off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip to Mo Ibrahim, man. He was he was the guy. He was that guy for me. I was really, really looking forward to him competing with Brees Hall, because uh, I think for me, they were my one-two coming into the season. Right, Kyron. Kyron's gonna do what Kyron's gonna do. He's gonna catch a ton of passes. He's not gonna be the focal point of that Notre Dame offense. He, he he's gonna be. You know, I don't think you guys use the term right satellite back plus. He's he can rush the ball when he needs to, um, but he's a little slighter frame than the other guys that are listed here. Uh, for me, like I said, Mo Ibrahim was that guy for me, um, but I think the number one, right, has to be, it has to be Brees Hall, right? I mean, I know some people are on Isaiah Spiller now. Are you one of the Isaiah not Spiller truthers? I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Isaiah Spiller. He's been one of those guys that the big media or the bigger guys in the fantasy space have pushed because he looks nice. He's a, he's a clean runner. He's a nice runner. I like look at him and I watch him and I compare it more to like a Le'Veon Bell because he has the patience, which is a positive, but I don't think he's going to run very fast. I've talked about sure. this before. I don't think he's going to run under a four, six. He might run a four, six, five. That scares me because being, you know, athletic based and wanting to see guys be athletic and, and kind of prove at the next level those are outliers. Le'Veon Bell's an outlier. Like, you don't just be like, oh, this guy is patient right. and he's slow right. and he can catch the football. He's Le'Veon Bell. That's not how it works. Like, you need – there's multiple layers to this. And Spiller's not a guy that I go to because he doesn't have that burst. He doesn't have that next-level speed. You just don't see him – He kept getting caught, right? I mean, it was like five yards every play, and it was there was someone behind him, right? It was he breakaway – five yards between him and the next defender and someone caught up to him like literally every single time. And, and he's racking up goal line work or red zone work, which is phenomenal, right? I, I'd love it for the stat sheet if I were him, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, not an Isaiah Spiller guy. I just don't. And then don't the stats are going to pop. Yeah. That's, stats are going to pop 200, 200 touches, three seasons in a row, 1100 plus yards, three seasons in a row. He's going to be a darling for a lot of guys, but 
I just don't think he's I don't think he fits in like a lot of people want or think he's going to. I'm with you there. I'm really with you there. So who is who is your number one then now? So if those were those are the four guys, Brees Hall, Kyron, uh, Williams, Isaiah Spiller, Mo Ibrahim, and Ely were your were the five kind of preseason All American. Who's your number I mean, one it, now? It's been the same probably for two years, two and a half years. It's still Brees Hall. Brees Hall still sits right here. Um, he's dominated, just completely dominated at Iowa State. He finished top five in the Heisman voting last season, and then I believe he dropped down to tenth this season. It's just like the disrespect and how consistent and how awesome he's been. 718 career touches, almost 4,000 rushing yards, 82 career receptions. You're talking about three seasons in college, uh, 23, 23, 36 receiving. Brees Hall is the clear-cut guy. 6'1", 220. He's going to run under 4.50. Like This is the guy we've been waiting for, we've wanted, and people still don't want to put the respect on his name because, like we talked about before, you're talking about Mo Ibrahim, all these guys preseason. Now, postseason, Kenneth Walker was actually the guy that leapfrogged Brees Hall in the Heisman ratings. That's crazy. Kenneth Walker That's finished crazy. exactly the same spot that Brees Hall finished last year. Kenneth Walker finished sixth in the Heisman this year, and Brees Hall dropped from sixth to tenth. But Brees Hall's arguably more imp- like still just like what did Brees Hall is is and will always be the more impressive back. Like if you're gonna produce. Produce consistently and show me you can do it. Back to back, thousand yard plus seasons by Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. You know we talked a little bit about this off air earlier, right? Like Kenneth Walker, no disrespect to him transferring from Wake, but this was the first year that he was the guy, right? And it took, and it, you know we don't know the whole story of why he didn't break out at, at Wake, and we don't know what what made him be the breakout star this year at Michigan state. But I tell you what, the running back that was the incumbent there switched to tight end. So opening up, uh, opening up a ton of carries for him to take over in the backfield there. And at wake, um, you know, again, you're not totally certain because there are a lot of factors that go into it, but wasn't the guy at wake never had a thousand yard rushing season at wake. Brees Hall's done it twice already. And I think we may just be. I think people may just be fatigued he's from so good. talking about he's, Brees Hall. Yeah, he's, he's so, so good, good and right. He catches the passes. There's no argument that he can't catch passes. Where Kenneth Walker hasn't had the receptions that Brees Hall has. Ooh, Kenneth Walker had 200 more rushing yards. Congratulations. You're talking about a stud in Brees Hall. Bottom line, top to bottom, this guy had five second place votes, seven third place votes. Whereas you're talking about Kenneth Walker had 18 first place votes for the Heisman. Like, could you imagine them giving the Heisman to a running back that didn't catch very many passes? He's a transfer. I get that it's a season award, but I mean, I guess the importance behind the Heisman is what he did for the team. And he did trans change the entire scope of Michigan State football. But again, Iowa State is on this level and they've been on this level for the last three seasons. Why? Because Brees Hall. Because Brees Hall. It's because Brees it's Hall. It's pretty straightforward. For me, and like we talked about before, kind of Mo Ibrahim went down with a knee injury. He's going back to Minnesota. Jerrion Ely is still in this class. But, again, it's just, the top of the running back class is still Hall, Kyron, Spiller, and now Kenneth Walker. Let's jump into receivers very quickly. Olave, Chris Olave, John Mechie, Justin Ross, Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson. That was preseason. We lost Justin Ross a little bit, again, to some injuries. He came back. 
John Mechie blows out his knee. We're talking about Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Those are really the top guys right now. Jamison Williams actually played at Ohio State last season, transfers to Alabama. We'll be talking about him on Monday night. And then Traylon Burks, the big guys. Traylon mm-hmm. Burks, Drake London, George Pickens. Do you, have a, do you have a favorite out of those three, Burks, London, and Pickens? I got to tell you, recency bias has me has me leaning George Pickens only because watching the game film of him just absolutely crush that de- the defensive back from Michigan and then turn around and give the whole, I'm like, okay, okay, that's pretty sick. Let's dog. go with that guy. He seems like that's the dude. Dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think for me though, it's, it's probably gotta be Garrett Williams. If you're, if you're forcing me to pick one of those guys, recency, George Pickens, but I think overall Garrett Wilson, Garrett Williams is the guy that I would go with uh, top to bottom or Garrett Wilson. I'd go with top to bottom just because he, he's, he seemed to do it multiple years in a row. Right. I mean, he's only a junior compared to Chris Olave, right? Olave goes back yeah. after um, having a breakout year last year, back to Ohio state. Right. And then Wilson does it again this year. Again, um, I just think he was a go-to guy uh, up and down the sidelines. And I saw him make a lot of defenders miss. So for me, I'd say, yeah, he probably wasn't playing the best competition compared to Traylon Burks, who has to play against Auburn and Alabama and Texas A&M every year. But I don't know. I would lean him. What's your take? I I think the easy comparison, I talked about this a little bit with Matt on the Mind of Mansion last week, was Chris Olave is going to get drafted high. That's the bottom line. Because he's a great route runner. And because he's polished and probably the most pro-ready out of all these guys. The problem is Garrett Wilson's better, like you just said. Garrett Wilson, if you had to compare like situations and figure out, you know, it's Jarvis Landry and it's Odell Beckham at LSU because Landry does not get the respect that he's due because Landry's such a dirty route runner. His hands are great. That's Olave for me. He like they're not the same prospects, they're not the same players. Don't get me wrong. It's they're not the same. It's the situation. It's Jarvis and Olave being the route gods, whereas Garrett Wilson's going to be that stud. He's not going to be Odell Beckham, but he's the Odell Beckham type. He's that guy that's going to be flashy, take the top off the defense. He's going to be that guy in the NFL in comparison to Olave, who's just going to continually be, especially in fantasy, year after year after year, he's going to catch 100 balls. He's going to get ignored, but that's just the way it's going to be. They're both good receivers, and I prefer Wilson out of the two. But the fun thing is, is now we have a third one with Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams goes down to Bama, and he's grown on me a lot, but I still have Burks at the top here. Jamison Williams has rocked. He's completely destroyed at Alabama this whole season. Maybe thankful to John Mechie going down, but 1,500 yards, averaging 20 per catch, 15 touchdowns as a junior. Come on, let's 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 be honest. Like six two one ninety. If he comes in at one ninety five, like Destroying you're it. talking, and people are like, yeah, but look what um, Devontae Smith did last year. It's like this dude's one ninety and he's six two. This this dude, you look at these last games here, coming down the stretch and really what helped propel Alabama to the point they are. LSU ten for one sixty and a touchdown. New Mexico State six for one fifty eight three. Arkansas eight for one ninety and three. Against Georgia, 7 for 184. He can't be stopped. That's Arkansas, LSU, Georgia. He's a stud. Jameis Williams is a guy that I can see being the guy that elevates himself, runs 
high four twos, low four threes, and gets drafted first in this board. But that's kind of where I sit in this draft class. Do you do you have a, a favorite here? Like, no, I'd agree, man. I I think yeah, I'm Eileen Wilson number one, and then probably Jameson Williams two, George Pickens three. Um, the the black box prospect for me is Drake London. I don't know what to take on. I don't know what to expect from him at the combine. I just, he was injured, I know. And then, you know, they didn't have really good quarterback play and, and, you know, their coach gets fired and stuff through the season. So I just, a lot of things kind of went not his way this year. So to me, I think if you're looking to minimize risk, you just, okay, if I miss on Drake London, I miss on Drake London. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, I don't want to take him if I don't, you know, if I'm not sure that he's going to be somebody good. I mean, we all thought that or Brian Edwards is going to be amazing in the NFL. And he was injured at the con, he was injured when he tested. And, you know, he hasn't turned out to be the guy that he is either that we expected him to be in the NFL. I, I just get the same or similar vibes from Drake London. I, I don't uh, know. I'm scared. That's what do you think? literally the exact comparison that you draw is these guys that we've drawn through the last few years with Mims and Edwards and Terrace Marshall. I don't want London to be that guy. I don't want London to be a question mark. Even T. Higgins, where he had a question mark going into the combine, and now T. Higgins obviously is playing great. But like these guys that just have question marks through the process, they're bigger body guys. Is London that guy that has the issue? Because Pickens, he had the ACL. He's come back. Now you said like last week, he looked like a dog. He's got that attitude back. He's playing. He made a couple catches. Is he back? Mechie's also going to be injured throughout the process. Um, my biggest concern and question with what you just said, having named your top four guys, when I look at the big board and play a profiler, Garrett Wilson, 16.7 draft pick. Jameis Williams, Chris Olave, Drake London, 22.8. Traylon Burks, 24.1. You did not mention Traylon Burks' name. Is that because you don't think he's going to get drafted top three off the board? Do you not like Traylon Burks' game? In a short response, what do you think about Traylon Burks, and are you a fan or no? It's not that I'm out on Traylon Burks for anything that Traylon Burks has done. right? I, I like the game. I like the stats that he puts up. It's just... Compared to the other guys that are around him, I would prefer Jamison Williams. I prefer Garrett Wilson. I prefer Chris Olave, uh, George Pickens. George Pickens and Traylon Burks for me is where I think I, I start to... I don't think they're the same receiver by any means, but I start to... That's where it gets a little gray for me between those two. And then and then I'm, I'm, out, on, I'm out on Drake London. And John Mechie, I'm out on both of them. If yeah, I told sure. you and you were sitting at the 109 in a rookie draft and George Pickens was on the board and Jamison Williams was on the board and Traylon Burks was on the board, you would take? Jamison Williams. Final take Jamison Williams over George Pickens and over Traylon Burks because we've been doing – Rookie Mocks at Player Profiler. If you're interested in joining these Rookie Mocks, we've been doing more and more every month, and we're going to continue to do them. They're going to turn into articles on the website. If you're interested and if you're listening right here on YouTube, if you are listening on YouTube, click that like button, subscribe, so you know when we go live. Hit the bell. You know what it is. And if you're on the podcast, leave us a review. That helps us, gives us a thumbs up. But if you're interested in doing these mock drafts, email me at Cody at RotoWonderworld.com. 
Tell me you want to do a rookie mock. I'll get you in these rookie mocks. You can check them out on playerprofiler.com. Go to the Dynasty Deluxe Module under Mock Drafts. Hit that little tab. Go to Rookies. You can see right now the top three picks. Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson. That's your top five in single QB mock drafts right now. George Pickens is sitting at number 10. Olave is at 9. That just gives you an idea what this class looks like from a rookie draft perspective. I think player profile is going to be a little bit ahead on Traylon Burks. Yeah, we've been drafting since September on the 2022 class. So there's data. You can go back the last three months, the last six months in this class, and it spits out the data. Um, So that's the receivers. We talked about quarterback, running back, receiver now. Tight end is very shallow, I would have said, at the start of the season. But it looks now we're going to have a bigger crop. At the start of the season, it was Jalen Weidermeyer, Charlie Kohler, Isaiah Likely, three different broad spectrums, right? Weidermeyer from Texas A&M, Kohler, Iowa State, and Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina. Now we have some... Ruckert was in there too at the start of the season, but he wasn't an All-American. Now we have Trey McBride. I prefer Likely a Trey McBride. Do you prefer any of these tight ends out of the class? We'll just talk about tight end really quickly, but do you prefer any of them? I think Isaiah Likely is probably probably my favorite too out of this class from Coastal Carolina. He he just he popped off the screen to me. I think watching him watching his his game and his play, uh stiff arming, you know, linebackers into the ground and stuff and just sprinting past the the defensive backs. Like he looked he looked like somebody I would not want to play against at all. They have him at like 6'4", 240 and I think that's being nice because I like Likely as well, but I also like Trey McBride from Colorado State, 6'4", 260. He comes in a little heavier, it says, but 1,000-yard season this year, only one touchdown on 86 receptions. Those are probably my two favorite guys in this class. I think Ruckert is still pretty underrated just because there's not a ton of receiving stats there. Kohler has been just killing it since he was a freshman. Weidermeyer is the odds-on favorite to be the number one tight end drafted, but now we we skim through all the positions. Andy, if I gave you the 101 in a Superflex rookie draft today, generally knowing that in Superflex rookie mocks or Superflex rookie drafts, not mocks, drafts, in Superflex rookie drafts, quarterback is the focus. You want to have quarterbacks. You want to have three, four, five of them in your Superflex dynasty leagues, depending on the size. If I gave you the 101 and you needed a quarterback and you needed a running back and you needed a receiver, you didn't really, you're rebuilding this team, where would you go? Would you go quarterback in this class? So the first thought is always to to my first thought is always evaluate the quarterback prospects that we have here, right? And I think uh, this is we've talked about it before, right? This is a it's an offensive class coming out this year that doesn't jump off the page to you. And I think for me, if I'm rebuilding a team, I need a running back, I need a wide receiver, I need a quarterback. I'm I'm probably leaning and going to go with Brees Hall. Just because I, I trust the consistency. I trust that he can beat out, you know, um, at least half of the folks that are on other teams across the NFL when he gets drafted, wherever he gets drafted, right? I think, you know, unless he ends up somewhere where there's already an established running back that's going to just absolutely smash, uh, you know, you're talking about like like if he goes to Minnesota, right? Uh, or if he goes to, um, you know, like the New York Jets or something like that, like, okay, I'm probably not going to be all in on him, but I think you have to value the consistency over not knowing how these other quarterbacks are going to play because we, again, none of them have been 
over-the-top prove-it guys yet. They all have one or two red flags around them that just make me a little That's more That's exactly nervous. where I've been going. It's it's between Burks and Hall for me, but I've been leaning Hall because I just I trust Brees Hall as a prospect to do something in the NFL more than I do being like probably Kenny Pickett. That's right. We're talking about right now that we're talking about without knowing like where they land. I would bet on Brees Hall landing in a spot where he's going to be the guy from day one over betting on the correct team to take a Kenny Pickett and to play him and to use him correctly. Like obviously the odd best spots would be Pittsburgh, Carolina, where there's weapons and there's a little bit of an offensive line. There's somewhere where Pickett can come in and play from day one, but it's the NFL you can see teams trade up. You can see the Giants draft a quarterback just to draft a quarterback and and kind of just you, – you you don't know. It's the NFL. We see this stuff year after year. I trust Brees Hall. I trust the running back prospect because I can put him on my fantasy team, and I know day one he's going to get the opportunities and he's going to play. Yeah, I'm with you there. Again, you miss out on the guys that are going to break out randomly, right? Sure, that's fine. The other thing I think we need to keep an eye out for here is similar criticism from scouts that they gave Justin Herbert for any of these any of these quarterbacks just because the you know the criticism that he looks down when he throws and stuff like that or when he's making his read progressions that's what knocked a lot of people off of him when he came into the draft. If we see that anywhere, then we have to closely examine that quarterback a little more in depth because they may just not know what they're talking about or it may just be a miss at the college level that doesn't translate to the NFL level. Clearly, because Justin Herbert's really that's good, a complete stud. It's it's. Oh yeah, that's a whole Unreal. that's a whole other conversation we could jump into. Is like, would Herbert be one on one if we were to redraft that class? But that's a story for another day. Right now, sure. let's jump into the national championship. The game Monday night, January tenth, national championship: Georgia versus Alabama. Two game number one, forty one twenty four. Alabama wins last year. Bama won forty one twenty four. Game number one, Jamison Williams finished with seven receptions, 184, and two touchdowns. Freshman, true freshman tight end, Brock Bowers, 10 for 139 and a touchdown. The name of the game, though, was turnovers. Stetson Bennett seems like the one guy in this entire game that doesn't fit. He's the misfit of the game. It sure feels like he had two picks last time. One was a pick six to the future top 50 overall pick, safety Jordan Battle. Is Stetson Bennett going to be able to weather the storm or is Bama, is Bama just going to be way too much for this Georgia team again? Yeah, I think the matchup you're going to look here, you're going to look for here, right, is going to be uh, Henry, and I'm going to butcher his name, To'o To'o, um, at the linebacker position for Alabama going up against Stetson Bennett. Because if you watched Georgia play against Michigan, right, there were a couple of throws that Stetson Bennett just had where he airmailed it over the middle. And you can get away with that against Michigan, who doesn't have the strongest linebacking core. You're not going to be able to get away with it from, from Henry. And I think in that aspect, that's how they're going to match up nicely. Um, Georgia may try to do, and this is the nerve-wracking part, right, to me, Georgia may try to do a Jalen Hurts to a thing where they switch over to JT Daniels. Because Daniels. I'm not a Stetson Bennett guy. I've never have been. I've been a JT Daniels guy, to be honest. Um, but clearly, Kirby Smart has seen something that that the rest of us don't see. Is that how you see it too? Are you are you looking for? Do you think Stetson Bennett get the job done against the Alabama defense after 
after being I terrible the first time. I don't like time. Stetson Bennett. Um, I don't like the process to play Stetson Bennett. I don't really love JT Daniels either, but that's just kind of the, the, the cards that Georgia's being dealt. Their team is completely stacked front, back, side to side, top to bottom, every which way you put it, except for really at quarterback. Like Stetson Bennett's not a stud. JT Daniels was brought in from USC to be a stud, and he really hasn't answered the bell. Um, this this entire game, like we've talked about, is loaded. Like, is the the biggest mover and shaker? I think is going to be probably Stetson Bennett. What's going to happen there? Um, you know, other than that, like I like the tail tail and Bowers thing. There's a couple different matchups I like to look at, but if you look at just the overall depth of this game, like Dane Brugler put out a top thirty. I, I respect Dane Brugler. He's a great draft analyst over at the Athletic. DJ Dale is the number thirty. Number 30 prospect in this game, and DJ Dell's going to get drafted. DJ Dell's going to play in the NFL for five, ten seasons, and he, he's a hole filler. He's a guy that can hold two two guys up at the offensive line and let his linebackers run. DJ Dell's not a stud, but he's a guy, and he's going to play in the NFL. Like you look at number 29 on this list is Warren McClendon, the right tackle from Georgia, who you'll talk about in a little bit. He stopped Aiden Hutchinson in the Orange Bowl. He has yet to allow a sack all season. Like, this entire game's loaded. Evan Neal, projected to be a top five pick. Jamison Williams at wide receiver, top 20 pick. Jordan Davis, again, the D tackle for Georgia, finished ninth in the Heisman voting. He's a like 87 foot tall, 410 pound defensive tackle from Georgia who's a stud. He's a game wrecker. This guy could be the sole reason that Georgia wins this game. If he can dominate this Alabama offense, like this game is littered with studs. I'm going to talk a little bit about one guy that I prefer. You just mentioned him a little bit. Brock Bowers, not even going to get drafted this season. He's a true freshman at Georgia. He legit looks like the next Rob Gronkowski. He's 154 yards away from 1,000 receiving yards as a true freshman at tight end. For example, this, Jay Samaro from 2013, Texas Tech, had 1,352 yards. That's the all-time tight end receiving record. Bowers is a true freshman. I've let, I read up a little bit on Bowers and, and tried to catch some, like, what do these NFL guys think of him, What if, if there's anything, right? And NFL and Miami great Greg Olson said he would be a first-round pick if he came out this season. As a true freshman, you're getting those rave reviews from Greg Olson, a GOAT tight end from Miami, played in the NFL for over 10 years. A GOAT tight end is saying that you would be a first-round pick if you came out this season. What do you think about Brock Bowers? I can see, I can see that. Yeah, I, I, I can see somebody going high on Brock Bowers. He looked electric against Michigan, and this entire season, like you said, he's been racking up yardage in, in every game, and just shy of a thousand yards this season, thousand receiving yards as a true freshman again, tight end, uh, with a quarterback that is not known for being the greatest passer in the world either. And you have two, what, two running backs, Zemir White and James Cook, that are electric out of the backfield, taking uh, taking snaps away from him or taking, you know, uh, targets away from him as well. To do all of that, I think you're absolutely right. He's legit. And I think ne- uh, not next year, but two years from now when he gets readied into the draft, I think we're going to be talking about him potentially being a first-round pick. It just does... The last guy that we drafted in the first round that was a tight end, right? Does 
Brock Bowers feel like to you he's on a Kyle Pitts trajectory right now? To me, to me, that's why I didn't say Kyle Pitts. I said Rob Gronkowski because the styles are completely different. Brock Bowers, I think, can play all yeah, over the field. Okay. You're right. He can break those tackles, and he's just like, I think he's going to be a bully. I think he's going to be a 255-pound, 260-pound tank by the time he comes out. And you're talking about Kyle Pitts, who I think is a wide receiver. He pro, he he profiles as a wide receiver. He should be a wide receiver. Even you saw Atlanta use him as a wide receiver a lot this season. Um, right. I, I like the, the arrow you're pointing there because of how prolific he's going to be and how prolific he's going to be thought of when he comes out as a tight end. Like, we're just a couple years away from the same conversations we had last year with Pitts, but it's going to be for Brock Bowers. Like, I think it's just the way it is. And with Brock Bowers playing in this game, right, one of the matchups, at least the big matchup that I'm going to be looking for, right, is him against, I mentioned his name earlier, Henry Toto or Toto or however you pronounce it. I, my That's going to be my biggest matchup. Can, can Brock Bowers run against this guy and catch passes and do enough to push Georgia over, or to push Georgia over the edge. For you, what's the matchup that you're looking for? I mean, my favorite probably in this game is kind of a low key one, but it shouldn't be. It's Darion Kendrick, a transfer from Clemson, just like Henry. He's a transfer this season. Eric Gilbert from LSU, who really hasn't played a ton this season. They just brought in a lot of transfers. And Darion Kendrick is the next guy in that list. He came from Clemson. He played the national title game in 2019 against LSU. He's a stud. He has been. Uh, he got released from the program at Clemson, actually, and transferred this past season. He needs to be that guy. He needs Georgia needs a guy to slow down Jamison Williams. And now, as soon as Jamison Williams slows down, yeah. last game, Ja'Cory Brooks leads the team in receiving. They need Darion Kendrick to really step up, be that guy, his last college game, do what you know. You're the only guy in this game that played the national championship before for Georgia. Be that guy that can come in and lock down, no, not completely, but because there's only there's two guys there. But lock down some part of Jamison Williams and some part of Jacory Brooks. I want to see Darion Kendrick be that guy. I really do, and that's probably my biggest. I don't know. I don't. I don't love. He seems like he's gonna be pretty good. Yeah, I, it's it's a big matchup to watch, right? I mean, I'm calling my shout out Jamison Williams, and if he can't. If he can't run circles around this, around Darian Kendrick, when, you know, he is the only guy now, now or the only dependable guy that we, we've seen do it before, right? That we've seen do it for multiple games here. You know, there may be one or two other guys on the Alabama side that pop right from the receiving core. But if he can't do it against him, then this blows my take that, that Jameson Williams is, is is better than the rest of those wide receiver prospects running out of the water, right? Because... If he can't, he can't get it done, he can't the, get it done. That's the thing right? is, like, the connection that him and Bryce Young have built is next to none right now in college football. So the expectation is, is that Williams is going to be just fine. He's probably going to go over 100. You go over underdog fantasy, the number is at 115.5 for a reason because Jamison, like we talked about earlier, has been a stud all season. Plug that. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD. You can deposit match up to $100. Go over there right now. Like I just said, that number on Jamison Williams, 115.5, I'm staying away from that number. I have one number that I really like this game. It's James Cook, over 21.5 receiving yards. I think that's a hammer all day, every day, twice on Saturday, three times next Monday. Do you have a favorite line for this game, Andy? Yeah, I'm gonna again. I'm gonna double down on on my take, and uh, Henry Toto is gonna be the guy that you're gonna want to watch in here. And I think 
because he's the guy you're going to want to watch, I think I would take Brock Bowers under 75 and a half reception yards. I'm going to double down on it. You can take that, that take. Brock Bowers line under 75 and a half receiving yards. James Cook over 20 and a half, 21 and a half receiving yards. Put 10 down, get 30. Underdogfantasy.com today. Get the app, Underdog Fantasy, on the App Store. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD when you join. Get yourself up to $100 deposit match. You can also play some best ball this Sunday. Get in the mitten, get in the playoff, best ball games, all that fun jazz. We do have one guy that I just mentioned, Bryce Young, who we haven't even talked about. He's projected to be the number one overall pick next year. Then we have Will Anderson, a sophomore, who we talked about a little bit. Fifth in Heisman voting as a sophomore. I'm going to read you some stats off, Andy. And at the end, I want you to tell me which guy you think deserved to be higher in the Heisman voting. So player A, player A, 53 tackles, 17 and a half sacks, 34 and a half total tackles for loss, led, led college football, and nine hurries. Player B, 36 tackles, 14 sacks, 15 and a half tackles for loss, and 10 hurries. So player B had one more hurry, but player A dominated him in every other statistic, especially tackles for loss, where he had 34 and a half versus player B's 15 and a half. Which player do you think finished higher in the Heisman? Uh, I mean, it had to have been player A, right? I mean, all of the stats that you labeled off were significantly higher. I mean, you mentioned, what, 53 compared to 36 solo tackles? I mean, that alone to me, and tackles for a loss, I mean, you almost you more than double someone else's tackles for a loss? That, that, that guy had to have finished higher, right? Wrong. Wrong. Whoa. Aiden Hutchinson okay. was okay. player B. 36 tackles, 14 sacks, 15 tackles for loss, playing for Michigan, who was a top five team. Jesus. Will Anderson, on the other hand, played for Alabama, a notoriously better known defense. He finished with 53, and like you said, 17 and a half sacks, which is three and a half more than Aiden Hutchinson, and 34 and a half tackles for loss, which really blew my mind because I was like, well, which one of these is going to propel Aiden Hutchinson oh, yeah. ahead? And his hurries, he had him beat by one. But tackles for loss, Will Anderson more than doubled, 34.5 to 15.5. Aiden Hutchinson finished second in the Heisman voting. Will Anderson finished fifth. I think I think we talked about this with Brees Hall earlier, right? Fatigue. I think at some point people get, sit, people get tired in the media or online or on Twitter of talking about Alabama, right? Bama's just... But at some point, because of how much they win and because of how much better they are than most of the people they play on the field, you got to give awards out of the people that perform <laughs> the best. And I think it was a, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. It, it, like, I don't understand the Agent Hutchinson hype. I've never have. Um, because to me, it was laughable that he was in the Heisman race to be like over Will Anderson. Um, like you said, he, he had ton more a ton better stats across the board and then we talked about reference it a couple of times throughout the show warm mcclendon just absolutely putting aiden hutchinson in a body bag during that orange bowl game i mean talk about talk about wrecking your morale for the rest of the game right i i would have i, I would have pretended to be injured i would have been like okay bring the card out like i'm, I'm out of here right save face be like okay i you know, spray my ankle or whatever, and then I would have just gone off and gotten drafted and done that instead. Because coming back into the game and still trying to make something happen when that app happens to you, ugh. Yeah, I I can't believe it. I think we need to 
give out these awards to the best players, to be honest with you, which is why I would have given it to him. <laughs> my, see, I was going to jump in just for a second. I want to say my favorite thing I think about that whole game, and it's exactly what you said, was if you go back to before that game happened, what did Aiden Hutchinson say to the media? Nothing is going to stop me. Yeah. And he got <laughs> ran into a wall. Somebody stopped somebody you. Somebody stopped you. Yeah. Some, somebody stopped you and put you flat on the ground. Yeah. It, so tell me this then, right? You you like you sound like you like Warren McClendon a lot, right? Are you, as we think about the matchup between these two teams coming in, I think the line right now is somewhere between two and a half and three. What is your final prediction and your score for this game? I think it's going to be a fun one down to the wire. Um, every time Alabama's in these games, it's just it's just always more exhilarating. It feels like because of the audience and the energy is there because everyone wants to see them lose. And now again, Kirby Smart, 0-4, 0-5 against Saban all-time. And now Georgia's favored by three, two and a half, like you said. I think Georgia pulls this one out. I think Jordan Davis has a big game playing D-tackle against this Alabama offensive line. I think Bryce Young fights back. I think it's 30-28 Georgia. I think Pickens, whom we talked about a little bit earlier, Pickens takes that next step. He had two for 41 against Bama the last time they played. Only four receptions for 55 yards in the season because he's coming off of a torn ACL. But, I mean, George Pickens' mentality, like you talked about earlier, his mentality is back. He's different. George Pickens is going to be a big part of this game. I think Jordan Davis is going to be a big part of this game. And then, like I said before, Darion Kendrick, he needs to get a pick. He needs to do something that can throw Bryce Young's mojo off, get a pick playing against Jamison Williams, make him think twice about throwing it there, and and just be that leader in that defensive backfield that Georgia needs. 30-28, Georgia. What do you got, Andy? I'm bucking the trend. You know, my heart, my heart is telling me, Take Georgia, right? Because like you and everyone else at home, I'm sick of watching Alabama win. But I'll say this. You don't get rich betting against Nick Saban. Alabama wins every time they've been an underdog. Uh, I, I can't go against I can't go against Lord Saban here. To me, I think if if they can shut down Jameis Williams like Cincinnati did, uh, then they're going to turn around and hand the ball off to Brian Robinson, and it's going to be a gross game, low-scoring game, cause Stetson Bennett to, to make mistakes, I think, on offense. I think they're going to get pressure on him. Will Anderson is going to get a couple of sacks in this game. I've got Bama pulling it out 23, Georgia 14, and I don't think it's all that close for the majority of the game. I think Georgia scores a late touchdown, maybe you know, four or five minutes left to make this score seem a little closer than what it actually was. But I gross. think it's going to be gross. Gross. I, I, that oh, makes yeah. me hurt. That makes me hurt. Oh, yeah. Every time. But I, again, man, I just, it's Alabama. It's. I know we want to say that they're dust or they're not going to do it, but every single year they do the same thing. And every single year we're, oh, my God, they're beating people by, you know, 20 and 25 points and 30 points and, Sure, they almost lost to LSU this year, and they lost to A&M, you know, to a third-string, you know, running back. But every once in a while, you trip up. It's just, I don't know, man. Something, I can't explain it. Logic tells me to go Georgia, but I have to go It's just the way it is. It's Bama. You got to you gotta go Bama. Bama, you got to trust it. I'm still sticking Georgia 30-28, but the, th- the point is you're making is it's Bama, and you just can't bet against Bama because 
Bama. It's been the last 15 years, year after year. Um, but I appreciate you guys all sticking with us this first episode of the Future Cast. We will be back week after week, maybe next week, maybe the week after. But we're going to continue this train for the next probably four months. Uh, the Senior Bowl is coming up in three or four weeks. I'll be heading down to Mobile for that. We'll see a lot of tides turn that week. Speaking of tides, uh, five of the six quarterbacks will be there. The running backs and wide receiver group is not that strong, not that exciting, but somebody's going to prevail. As it drone forward, we'll see. But we'll talk about the Senior Bowl deeper the next two episodes leading up to February 5th. The Senior Bowl, that's the day of the game, obviously, like I just said. Um, but, Andy, if that's all we got, that's all I got. You can find me on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. Andy, you can find Andy Milnick at FF Data King on the Twitters. From me, from Andy, peace. I was going to say, bowl season was kind of crazy, but it always is. It's a lot of fun. You know, I didn't think, I think uh, everyone's heart wanted Michigan to make it, but everyone's mind told them to bet Georgia. <laughs> you know, motivation factor, I guess. You, you kind of knew that, uh, you kind of knew that Georgia, like, they had their bad loss, right? They had their ass whooping. And you knew that they were to come out and just beat the living piss out of whoever it is they had next, right? That's the same way Alabama kind of reacts. When they get beat, It's you don't want to be the next team they play. Is, uh, is Kennedy Brooks coming back next year? He decl- I just looked that up yesterday because uh, he had uh, three, three, three straight thousand-yard seasons, and he's just very silently not getting talked about. He never does. But he's kind of boring. But he's got 3,000-yard seasons, so, like, he's going to pop on the breakout finder, especially. Like, hypothetically, if, if Brooks was in Wisconsin, his stats would probably align with Taylor, which is really fucked up. But he's not on that level. He's not on that athletic level. He's not going to be that. Man, I like – I wish I was on the Kenneth Walker – Stuff, but the stuff I put in here about him just really scares me off of him. Like who, who the fuck is Christian Bale? Who, who I know who Christian Bale is. He's my favorite Batman. But who the fuck is Christian Bale? Stevenson, I guess you could say, technically qualifies because he's not dog shit. I guess that. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a that's an endearing, uh, an endearing, an endearing remark about him. Which isn't fun for me to say, but who the fuck is Christian Bale? Who who I know who Christian Bale is. He's my favorite Batman. But who the fuck is Christian Bale? Who the fuck is Christian Bale? Not dog shit. Who the fuck is Christian Bale? I wish I was on the Kenneth Walker. I wish I was on the Kenneth Walker. Like who who the fuck is Christian Bale? Who who I know who Christian Bale is. He's my favorite Batman, but who the fuck is Christian Bale? Which 
isn't fun for me to say, but who the fuck is Christian Beale? 